Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. This is the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Craig Smith, brought to you by Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, Cash Valley's Pizza and Craft Beer Authority, Macy's, Happy Shopping, Guild Mortgage, Own What Matters, and by Locker 42, your source for Aggie apparel. Live from Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Hey, welcome on in. It's another edition of the Craig Smith Coaches Show. We're live here at Old Chicago. Love for you to come by and hang out with us. We're not in the closet this time, Coach. We're out and about amongst the people. So, uh, Although our fans might want us in the bathroom. I'm surprised they're not in the bathroom after um, the way we performed in 2020. But uh, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Thank you, all you loyal fans, for coming, on, coming out tonight and supporting the Aggies. It's been a tough 10 days, to say the least, but we'll get back on track. So let's talk about, uh, again, we've had a few games since uh, we've last uh, chatted, uh, the UNLV game and, of course, uh, San Diego State and then the game last night against the Air Force Academy. Uh, I know that uh, Gary, Gary Anderson, and when we do these shows and after a loss, he'd be like, you know, sometimes it's nice to get a day away from a game and get the emotion and just look at the tape and try to analyze, and sometimes it tells a different story than what you actually saw when you were out there on the field or on the court. But from your perspective, Diogo's over here shaking his head. I don't think he agrees with that. Did you? What did What did the film see, or what did the film show uh, once he had a chance to look at last night and over the last few games? Well, sometimes that is the case, and emotion, you know, sometimes it's um, you play better than you thought you did, and sometimes you play worse than you thought you did, yeah. and it's easy to get um, carried away with um, the outcome, and everybody wants to win, and, and we've won at a high rate um, over the course of the last, you know, year and a half, and and um, but it's all about the process and what you're trying to do and, and truly getting better every day and being able to look at yourself and how can I help the team more and and whether that's a player, a coach, a support personnel, all of the above. And so, you know, there's a the old saying, tough times don't last, tough people do. I truly believe in that. And so it's been a rough 10 days. But, you know, the UNLV game is what I said it was after the game, Yeah. Um, quite frankly, where it was the first time um, – since I've been at Utah State where it felt like we just really got manhandled both physically, mentally, outcoached, outperformed, out tough, out executed, you name it, we went right down the line of that. And the tape showed that, you know, in every facet. And so that was incredibly disappointing. And then we played a, a very, very good San Diego State game in front of a sellout crowd, you know, at our at the at the spectrum and thought we did some things very, very well that night. Certainly the crowd uh, gave us a tremendous amount of energy and and they just made a few more plays than us. We picked the wrong night to miss free throws. I think we were five for ten in the first half and missed a front end there and and had an opportunity to make some plays, miss some chip shots. Uh, and then to their credit, they they finished some things off. They made they scored fifteen points in the last uh, throughout the game and with five seconds or less on the shot clock. And and that's the difference in the game, and and you know it's uh, uh, and that's how it goes sometimes. And we got you go through ebbs and flows of that, and we're we got to do a better job of making those plays. And then Air Force, you know, I thought we had a, I, I really like I told you on the pregame, I thought we had a good mindset going into the game. We're we're struggling getting some practice time in with some things. That's that's I think hurt us a little bit, but. Um, and it showed early on, you know, we were up by 12 yeah. with um, just over three minutes to play in that first half. 
and um, I, I thought we were playing with really good pace on offense and really guarding very well. Um, uh, and then I thought we got a little just kind of reckless, quite frankly, with some with some shots and then uh, not getting back on defense and, and just lost some discipline. And then the second half, we just uh, – I, I thought we just lost our poise. Just didn't – you know, normally I think we're very poised and under control and um, – did some uncharacteristic things, and they, and they expose you for that, like we yeah. said in the pregame with the Princeton offense. When you're not disciplined, um, they'll make you pay, and they certainly did that in the second half. And so um, so we got to get better, and it's not going to get any easier starting uh, Saturday against Nevada. We'll talk about Nevada coming up here in a bit, but uh, when you gathered, uh, you know, and, and you, you chartered the flights, so you got in really early this morning. I'm sure you wanted these guys to rest up a little bit. Uh, did you have a chance to work with them a little bit today? No, we we took today off. Um, we, you know, we played. Uh, we just had three games in seven days, and so we've we've been going pretty much nonstop here. Yeah. So I think they uh, it was good for them mentally and physically. As much as you want to just throw them right back yeah. out and just you know, uh, I just you know, uh, calmer heads will prevail. I guess you can say. And and I know there was a bunch of guys in the gym shooting and getting some workout in and watching film and and. Um, you know, as our staff, obviously, we met for quite some time today and, and evaluating and reevaluating and, and going through every, going through personnel and scheme and, and you name it. And so um, it, it's always a fine line of overreacting and, and, and reacting. And it's a little bit of both because, um, you know, certainly we got to get better with some things on both sides. Uh, it's the Craig Smith Coaches Show. We're live here at Old Chicago if you want to come by and hang out with us. Uh, we have the open mic coming up a little bit later on if you want to interact and ask questions as well. Uh, but, you know, you, you talk about this all the time. Uh, NBA, next best action. And uh, you've got an opportunity for that coming up on Saturday against Nevada. Yeah, we do. And, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of things to look at. I was just – you think of a lot of things, obviously, through the course of the year. And, and so many te- – it's always interesting, you know, after we lost UNLV, I think my mom was the only one that texted me. Um, and uh, uh, maybe my wife as well. Um, she did, actually. Uh, and you go through all that stuff. And then today there's a bunch of – or last night slash today. I didn't look at my phone until I got to my house, which yeah. was, you know, what, 3.15 in the morning. And um, – and then so many positive texts of encouragement from various people, Aggie fans and family and so much. And, and, oh, it'll change. And it's like, well, yeah, I believe that and I believe in your guys. But at the same time, the old quote, the pessimist complains about the wind. You know, the optimist expects it to change and the realist, realist adjusts the sales. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of truth in that. It's not just going to magically change. You know, you got to you got to make up your mind that you're going to make some change and and that's as a as the head coach and as as a coaching staff and then certainly as our players like you got to decide what you're going to do and uh, because some things aren't working right you know right now and and that's um uh that's easy for people to see and so um that is the beauty of basketball though is you don't sit around typically and wait for a week although we do have our bye week next week which will be good um for us but we certainly got to make a few adjustments with some things both personnel and um, schematically uh, and I gotta imagine too that's uh, you talk about meeting today uh, you hear the word the word self-scout all the time and and it's probably an opportunity to come back and say okay let's uh, let's take a real close look at what we're doing right what we're doing wrong and, and how we adjust going forward yeah you're always doing that you know it's um, you get to this point of the year and and um, what is our we're, we're uh, what is our record 13 uh, and 5 so we're yeah. 18 games in and so you're two thirds 
is just under two-thirds of the way you know, through the season. And so that's the hard part. You know, I know what Diogo is made out of and, and the returners and, and what Sam Mel- Merrill is capable of, an able porter and right down the line. And, and you're trying to incorporate these new guys that have never been through yeah. this kind of thing quite the way it has. And, and, and you're negotiating various injuries as well. And obviously the easy one is, is Namish um, and trying to figure out how, what we need to do and how to go about it with practice and not and, and getting him back up to speed. And so, and amongst other guys with those types of um, issues going on. So, got to tighten the screws. And I think at the end of the day, what was most disappointing over the three-game span is two of those games, um, you know, just normally we just have such great poise and composure. And we just had some some really undisciplined plays in those games. And never get, you know, we've never been perfect ever, whether it's yeah. a Florida game or last year at any game, you know, nobody's, but it's always about making that next play. So, you know what? I, I missed a chip shot layup or I, I, um, I got blown by off the dribble or, uh, I didn't get, do my job and get back on defense. And, and, um, but we've always been able to just get by that and, and galvanize and come together. And, and for the first time that I can recall, we've kind of done the other way where we've had this guy going his way and this guy going his way and this instead of galvanizing when you need it the most. And it's human nature when things aren't going the way you naturally want them to go to just kind of, you know, and this team has never done that, quite frankly, until recently. And now it's it's my job to get the best out of them you know, our program and our guys uh, individually to be the best team that we can be. It's Craig Smith Coaches Show live here at Old Chicago. Uh, take a break, come back. You're going to hear from Diogo Brito, who joins the program next right here on uh, the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield IMG College. It's the Craig Smith Coaches Show. Utah State gets set for a big one coming up against Nevada on Saturday. Get your tickets. Go to utahstateaggies.com. All right. One of my favorite people on the planet, kind enough to join us now, Diogo Brito. Uh, there's an eight-year-old living in Bountiful, Utah, that's really cranky that uh, he was unable to come up here because Diogo's his favorite player. Uh, how you doing, my friend? Thank you. All right, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, from your perspective, you know, when things aren't going well, uh, what, is, what does the locker room need to do to kind of get, as Coach said, galvanized together and get this thing back on track? Well, the first thing, we got to come together, you know. I feel like we've always been together, but especially at this point where, where things are not going our way, we really got to come together and make sure that each, each individual is, is really focusing on how can, how can he help the team, you yeah. know. I think – we, as a team, we, we really need to figure out what, what, what we got to do to change this, this tide. And I think we have the guys to do that. So, so yeah, I think we have high-character guys that can definitely change the tide and look how, how can they improve, and, and that will make the team better for sure. Uh, this is the third year I've had you on the coaches' mm-hmm. show. Uh, but for those that are uh, unfamiliar with your story and how you ended up at Utah State, let's go back in time a little bit and, and talk about your path uh, coming from Portugal to the United States and, and playing college basketball. 
Okay, so I was playing basketball in Portugal, right? And I was playing with the national team, the Portuguese national team, where I would play the summer European championships. And over there, uh, many, many university yeah. college coaches go and watch a few prospects. Uh, the coaches from Valparaiso liked, liked me. They, they wanted me to come to the United States uh, and do a, a year of prep school where where I stayed for a year in Mountain Mission School in Virginia. Uh, eventually, that coaching staff went to Vanderbilt. That's right. And uh, so I ended up not going to Valpo. So there was a coach at Utah State uh, at the time, Coach Merrick. He's now an assistant uh, at Weber State. They knew me from Europe. He, he watched me play. And at the time, he talked to Coach Duria, and that's how... I got connected to Utah State, and <laughs> and I remember talking, uh, you know, talking to you right out of the gate, and and you've always had one thing I've always admired about you. you've always had a nice uh, appreciation for your role on a team. You understand there's some things I'm really good at, some things uh, that other guys are particularly good at, and I just want to be a part of the team and, and fill a role. Mm -hmm. And that, that's something I've always admired about your play. Yes, it's definitely that something I took pride in the past, but I don't know if I've been doing the best of jobs this season with that. I think I really need to put, I don't know if this is an English saying, but put the hand in the conscience, which means evaluate yourself, make sure, check if you're actually helping the team. And I know at points I haven't this, this season, and I really, I'm really trying to figure out how can, can that change and how can I be a positive influence in the team, wherever that, that needs to be. What's the Portuguese term for that? Uh, hand in the conscience yeah. put the hand in the conscience is that, is that like a phrase is yeah that like, like a evaluate word? yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like, you know but you know it's it's interesting too because you know it, it, it sometimes you lose three in a row and you think the world's coming to an end and and coach said that obviously there's got to be some some work that needs to do to change things around exactly. but obviously there's talent in that locker room to mm -hmm. change things it yes seems like yes i it's definitely early too early to quit on us i think uh, we we've showed that we can we can be better than what we are right now and and like I told you, I, I really believe that we're going to turn things around. That will start tomorrow with practice. We really got to lock in and, and come together and really, really see what's, what's best for the team. Coach, uh, from your perspective, when you look at, uh, you know, Diogo Brito on this team and, and what he's meant to this team and, the, and, uh, and what he's meant to this locker room, uh, how, how are guys like him that have been in this program for a while, how important are they to trying to get this thing back on track? Well, I love coaching Diogo. You know, Diogo is a, a team guy and a, a highly, highly competitive guy, and he's very, very intelligent and well-spoken. I thought he was talking like Phil Jackson there for a second. Um, with a the, lot of zen. Yeah, right a lot of zen going on. Yeah, that's my stuff. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, he's uh, he obviously, you know, he's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, incredibly active hands, um, knows the scouting report inside out and backwards. And, um, you know, there'll be times during games or during practice that he sees something that maybe no one else sees that he'll come and, you know, share with the staff or whatever. And, you know, a lot of times it works. And so he's a guy that's ready to show up and compete. He expects the best out of himself at all times. And he expects the best out of his teammates, you know, as well. And he's not afraid to hold those guys accountable. And so, um, like I've always told DA, like, he's a winner. He, you know, we when, when we beat Florida um, on December 21st, um, um, it seems like a year ago. Uh, you know, he, he, like Diogo, I don't even know what his stat line was, but he dominated that game. And it told our team that. 
um, through his defensive ability, the way he moves without the ball, the way he cuts, the way he rebounded. Like, he literally dominated that game in so many ways that you'll never see, you know, right here. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons uh, as a coach that our teams have have been very successful almost everywhere we've been is to identify guys like him that are winners, that are tough, that know how to play and and make winning plays that maybe not uh, – that go unnoticed by so many people. Yeah. But – but when you can coach a guy like him with his talents and his mindset and his intelligence, it's amazing what happened. And, and certainly, um, you know, what we did last year, and I hate talking about last year because it's done and over and we're in the thick of this year. But, um, you know, we would have never did that without Diogo Brito. You know, and one of my favorite stories, though, too, just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit is, did you ban uh, Portuguese from being sp- spoken out on the court? Because it seemed like you, last year you mentioned that Diogo and Nimi would start chatting a little bit. You're like, hey, if nobody can understand what you're saying, we can't do this. I, when I was watching the replay of our game last night on the bench, I, I think they were talking Portuguese there for a, <laughs> a, a little bit of a second there. Yeah. So I think Diogo was being big brother to Nimi um, for a little bit there. So, um, so no, we haven't totally banned that yet, but um, we may need to think about that. Uh, and then, of course, when you look at uh, what you've meant to this program, I mean, obviously you've been a, such a – huge part of Utah State basketball over the last several years. What has that meant for you personally? Man, it, it, it means a lot. And there's something that I thought about saying before I came here, which is like, I know we're not in a good role, but like in a good in a good way. I don't know. Good place right say. now. Yeah, in yeah. a good place right now. But after we're all, we've all been through, you know, like when I think about guys like Sam, when I think about guys like Abel that we've been in here for four years, we went through the lowest of the lows and we went through the highest of the highs and after thinking about that I just don't see how we will not be able to to come out on top in the end I just don't don't and I don't I cannot not do my best just thinking of especially those guys that I know will do anything for for this and and when I think about my teammates and, and all, I, that's who I do it for. That's who I show up every day to work to work for. And I know this team is gonna come come together, and we're gonna we're gonna win games because this is what these fans deserve, and this is what these teams deserve. Steel Gobrito, folks, right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College, deserving that. I want to I want to talk about the sacrifices that you're. Uh, that you've made, that your family's made, because uh, you get to see them uh, just what two or three times a year, honestly, to be able to. Yeah, they they just put their flights to come watch me. Oh, nice! Yeah, the last two home games against Wyoming and then and then San Jose State. So yeah, I'm really excited to see them. It's going to be the first time they're going to watch me live in a long time, in the first time in the United States. So that's something I'm definitely looking forward to. And they're probably over there at what you know, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, trying my to watch dad, my dad, my dad was up tonight. Up last night. Up last night, the game was like four a.m. and he and he, he hates to watch us when we play like this. You know, like yeah. he gets nervous and he cannot. The, the rest of the day is really is really mad today he was on the phone with me and he's like and he said something that really caught my attention which is we we're not be, we're not we're not responding very well right now against adversity you know yeah. we need he he, he he never really played basketball or anything but he just learned from watching me and sometimes those people that watch it in a very simple way are actually the ones that that really say some things that that are true and he's right i think we really need to to start responding not not only not only during 
during games, but like not only after games, but during the game stretches. If yesterday towards the end of the first half, we were not able to respond to to that run that they did, and that really I think that really affected us going going into halftime. We we, we and then we were not able to turn that mindset towards the second half. Is your dad always been? Uh, I mean, it sounds like he didn't play a lot of basketball, but uh, has he always been pretty? pretty uh upfront and honest with you oh yes yes he, he, <laughs> i know he doesn't understand one thing about basketball but if he sees that i'm not giving my best he's 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 gonna that's the only way he's, he's gonna actually be mad at me so wh- where did you uh where did you get the uh the uh the athletic gene from i mean he's six four okay yeah he's pretty tall my all my all my family is pretty tall so i guess that's where i come but from. not but not a huge basketball family growing up when, when no you, not when, at all when did not you pick all. up the basketball and learn that hey, i'm pretty good at this yeah it was it was with my granddad we me and my brother we used to walk around by the beach every single saturday you know i just just walk around on saturday mornings and the gym of my hometown is on the beach it's literally you have the street and then you have the gym and we would stop by every saturday and there were kids practicing like yeah. seven-year-old kids i was three years old and my brother was five years old and at the time he said he wanted to try it and i was like okay i'll try with you so that was a three-year-old with a bunch of seven eight-year-olds and that's how it started and i never never looked back never after looked that back after hey uh i i wanted to uh and i i've just picked this up i haven't talked to coach about this but this was just via twitter during the summer um and i know we're at old chicago where there's a restaurant here but but you when coach went to uh, see Nimi play uh-huh. in uh, in the European uh, Championships, you told him to uh, go order a plate of food somewhere, right? Yeah, it's called the Fr- Francesinha, which means like Frenchy or little French girl yeah. kind thing. Yeah, it's like it's really, coach could explain you better than I do because in an American way, I think he would do better than me. No, go for it. I don't. I don't think I can. It's just like it was uh, in the, the event was in his basically his hometown of yeah, Porto, very close. Uh-huh. And so I got a chance to meet Diogo's parents and. And I know exactly where Diogo came from. Like, yeah. spitfires, competitive, <laughs> tell you exactly how you feel, and, and but very um, um, upbeat yeah. and positive and live life, you know, type of, type of people. I saw that basketball court that he was explaining. I saw the beach essentially right across right, from his right, house right. or very right there so it was really cool and his brother was like my translator yeah, yeah, yeah. um so it, it was it was really a neat thing but you explain it like it was yeah, like uh it's this traditional dish where you can only get in the porto zone of portugal all right like so it's not just a portugal thing no, it's, it's a porto, just right there porto, okay uh, porto area and it's basically a sandwich with like ham sausage cheese there's a, a fried egg on top and cheese on top there's because uh, then there's many varieties, but yeah, not, yeah, like yeah. there's those are some of the basic ones, and then each restaurant has its own secret sauce. Okay. Yeah. So like, you go to this place and you have a francesinha, and you go to another place and they're totally different just because of the sauce, and that's where the secret is because nobody knows yeah. what it what it what 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 is in in that sauce from each restaurant. So so everybody kind of picks their own favorites. Yeah, favorite. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And there's all types of wars of what's the <laughs> the best one. Yeah. So how was it? Oh, it was amazing. It was one of those dishes like and the sauce is kind of like the texture of gravy, yeah. but it tastes better. Like it's just uh so it was one of those things like when you get done, you take the plate and you know when you're a kid, you like, you like lick the plate clean. It was one of those kind of one of those types of deals. So I, I texted Da like, man, you did not disappoint whatsoever. So that was, you know, you go through this whole thing and and you, and it's just amazing the experiences that 
that you make and the relationships and the people that you meet and being able to go over there and hang out for it. And they were just so hospitable with everything, Diogo's parents. And it was just quite, it was an amazing experience, um, certainly on my end. And, and that was definitely one of the highlights. Well, I mean, I, I got to imagine as a coach, that's, that's part of, you know, that's got to be part of the fun is even players that you inherited uh, from a previous staff, getting to know where they came from. I mean, Cuba's dad's been in town. Uh, Justin Bean's dad was in town last week. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've sat in a lot of airport terminals with Sam Merrill's dad uh, going to games. I mean, just getting to know where these young men come from is, is obviously got to be a lot of fun for you as a coach. Well, it's a huge part of why you do it. You know, you hope to help people grow and develop and mentor and all that and you you love the competition but the older you get it's so much more than that you know and and it's amazing how it's easy to overcomplicate when you know having success and winning but really if you just worry about being the best that you can be and i know it gets a little cliche-ish all these cliches are cliche for a reason yeah you know let's just get a little better today let's get a little bit better tomorrow and worry about one thing at a time and sometimes you start going and whether it's basketball or the game of life and you just start worrying about all these things that you have no control over you know what i mean and so um you know sometimes you just got to oversimplify it like like right now we have 10 i think i said this in the post game let's say like we met as a staff for almost three hours today and what do we need to work on and this guy's saying these seven things and this guy's got these next thing you know we got 25 things and it's like just slow your roll you know what i mean let's say we got eight things let's just knock out four let's just get really better at four things today and let's simplify what we're doing right now and not over complicate oh we got to do this get it you know what Let's go back. Let's go back to the basics. Let's simplify what we need to do, and good things will happen. And I'm not sure how we got down that road, but but it is cool with the relationships and being able to see these different families come from all over the world and and develop relationships with one another. And you know, you made an interesting. It, from the day we got here, it doesn't matter who you are. We're all on the same team. Yeah. So whether it's it doesn't matter if it's this guy's recruit or this guy. None of that matters. Yeah. Like when we got hired and we went and played. Um, San Jose State or it doesn't matter like I wasn't a part of that team but we we're all in this together so we are on the same team and it is our team that did that and so um, but it's a cool thing when we have such great people uh, like Diogo and his family um, just a tremendous tremendous um, part of the Aggie family so Diogo before I let you go uh, I know you want to play for a long time um, but when the day comes where you uh, you hang up the shoes, I know that you've taken a uh, a, a lot of. Uh, I mean, education education's been uh, been really important to you here at Utah State. Yes. What, what do you want to accomplish with your life? I want to be, you know, an influence to whoever I can be, a positive influence to whoever I can be. I think I don't. I don't know when we think so far in the future and I'm so worried about this Nevada yeah, game. Know. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> what, what, what am I really trying to focus on right now? And The Nevada game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm just trying to, you know, I, I changed my major. I was an engineering major. I changed yeah. it to, to human movement science with a coaching emphasis and sports psychology minor. So I'm really trying to understand better how, how, how can the, the psych, psycho, psychological part yeah. really influence the the performance part of an athlete i think that's something that's definitely overlooked and we it's a field that it, that i believe has a lot of a lot of areas to to be to expand and a lot of areas to be studied and i'm i'm 
I'm definitely a subject of the field of study and I'm studying myself and how can I learn from the field of sports psychology yeah. and apply it to my performance and hopefully through the experience of playing professional basketball help younger athletes reach success I love it you know? yeah. I want to say one more thing with that it's been really neat to see you know Sean Berstow is starting to really he's starting to really play much better and more confident and just starting to figure some things out and I think not to think I know Diogo has been a big part of that helping him um, get through that transition of being a freshman and you know kind of getting over the hump and uh, I think it was maybe Monday after practice uh, what day is it today Tuesday <laughs> Sunday after practice I think um, uh, Trevin and Diogo were shooting free throws at the basket and we got done and, and Diogo takes Trevin aside afterwards and we were in the Estes Center so you know the Estes is where the volleyball team plays and when we practice right the bleachers go up all seven of those bleachers go go up and Diogo is taking a basketball and showing Trevin how to pass the ball with backspin to zip that thing in there a little bit and I love it like those are things that as a coach you get fired up about because you know that's not an egotistical thing of Diogo doing he, Diogo truly is trying to help Trevin with an area that he needs to get better at and so if the psychology thing doesn't work, the, t- the coaching thing might work too. Although there's a lot of psychology in coaching, yeah, say, as exactly. we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you got to wear a lot of hats. Touching on that point, like, the reason why I, is because we do shooting drills, and Trevin is my rebounder. <laughs> and sometimes it's really hard to shoot because the ball comes spinning sideways, you know? Yeah. And as a shooter, you really don't like that. And, I, <laughs> and Trevin, like, Trevin is already learning all types of basketball not yeah. tactical knowledge but he <laughs> he didn't really learn the fundamentals as a, as a kid you know so yeah. it's going to be great to see when Trevin really focus on really learns the fundamentals so what we learned here know. wasn't completely altruistic yeah. <laughs> right exactly I love it there was a little bit about him in yeah, that yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. he could have got like six more threes up <laughs> true, he probably true, made four true. more yeah. during the thing yeah. but uh but it's kind of the thought that counts. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, Diogo, you're the man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for joining us, man. That's Diogo Brito right here on 97.5 and the uh, Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Take another break. If you got questions for Coach, Ajay will have the mic, and uh, we'll hear from, uh, hear from you coming up next here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network. Utah State with a showdown coming up against Nevada on Saturday. We'll talk about that game. Also, if you got a question for Coach, uh, just raise your hand and uh, I'll jail run a mic out to you and uh, you can let your voice be heard uh, as uh, Utah State looks to snap this three-game losing skid uh, with a game against Nevada. Nevada, uh, let's see, Jordan Caroline's gone. The Twins are gone. Uh, but this is still a very dangerous team that you're playing coming up on Saturday. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, I believe they're 10-5, and five and and um, they've beaten some quality opponents. They won, the, they won their MTE event um, earlier in the year in November, and um, they have a very good backcourt. Jalen Harris averaging 22 a game in league play. Jazz Johnson, who was on that team last year and had a very good season for them, is averaging 19 a game in league play. And Lindsey Drew, 
um, is averaging 12.3. So those guys are kind of the guys that get those guys rolling. Zane Meeks is a freshman for them who's who's can really shoot it and brings them a different dimension. So they're going to be well coached. Coach Alford obviously had a ton of success at New Mexico. I uh, have a lot of respect for him and and their staff. They do a fantastic job. And so um, it certainly doesn't get any easier. And we're going to have to be um, prepared for a hard-fought battle on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, just looking, I mean, we all remember Jazz Johnson, who kind of had to take a, a, a kind of a supporting role with a lot of the big guns that they had on last year's team. But you knew he was a great shooter last year. And this year, knowing that he's kind of their high-level scorer, um, they've, they've kind of given him the green light. And I think he had 35 a couple of games ago. Uh, that, that's a guy that can really fill it up in a hurry. Yeah, he's their leading scorer on the year at 17.5 a game. He's shooting for almost 40, you know, 45.5% from the three, making 51 yeah. a game. So he's, you know, he's at, what, 3.3, 3.4 threes a game and he he's really quick twitch and they do a good job of um, all those guards can shoot it so they do they do and they accelerate so well so they do a good job of bringing those guys off of staggers and what we call single double or eagle or floppy a lot of people call it um, and 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 so they're really laying the wood to people and so we're gonna have to do a good job of chasing those guys out and getting on their outside shoulder and not getting screened and and uh, and then just be really sound defensively. You know, we've we've been a little bit up and down here lately that way. We've got to rebound the basketball. We've we've struggled in that area here the last uh, four or five games. And so we got to tighten that thing up as well. So got to use our length and, and really be on point with what they're trying to do. Uh, Lindsey Drew missed uh, a bunch of time last year with some injury and then came on late in the year. Uh, what jumps out at you when you watch him play? He just does a lot of different things well. Um, you know, he's got great, good, good size. He just makes a lot of um, good basketball plays. He's got a great feel for the game. And all, all three of those guards do. They play really well off each other. And, uh, and they're aggressive. They're aggressive, aggressive scorers uh, and playmakers. And so... Um, um, so, like I said, we're going to have to guard the ball, carry hand, because they are guys that can score it in all three levels. Uh, and then you look at uh, – and then you look overall, you mentioned uh, with Jalen Harris. This is a transfer, and I believe he came from, yeah, Louisiana Tech. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, he's, he's a high-usage player too uh, that uh, dominates a lot of possessions. Yeah, 17.2 uh, points a game, and you know, he's gotten to the foul line 63 times, which is uh, clearly the most on their team, and he's a big physical guy. Like, he's a strong body, and so same thing. He shoots the three and got an excellent pull-up game and knows how to get fouled, and so he's got a high usage rate, certainly, you know, 55 assists to 31 turnovers, so almost two to one and he's got the ball in his hands a lot so they're they're a team that can really get it going like they yeah. score in spurts i think they were up 19 on air force air force comes all the way back and ties it and then they end up pulling away and winning by you know 17 or whatever it was so was so they're a team that really scores in bunches they average 76 a game and so we got to be on point so we got to take care of business with them at the same time we got to we got to be better with what we do um on both sides of the ball uh, question coming from the uh, corner over here. Uh, oh. Yes, sir. Oh, Kyle's got a question? I, I do, actually. Oh, wow. So, we got a time filler here. We're filling time. No, 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 no. No, this is, this is a legit question. This, so isn't, I know, this isn't a plant. So last year, <laughs> you had the gas can as the point of emphasis. Do you anticipate 
using any kind of fire extinguisher for the upcoming game against oh, Nevada, geez. perhaps? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'm going to go down. Um, Just for the record, I had uh, nothing to do with that. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure we're going to go down that road. But, you know, certainly they're a much different team, and that was a high-emotion game, and, and I'm going to leave that one alone. I don't think uh, – uh, I still don't think there's any glass in that. In that, uh, I, I, I checked it the other day. I don't think there is. I yeah. think they left uh, all the glass out of yeah. there. Yeah. There are security cameras, though. There are. We, we do know that. Uh, you know, that's right. You know, and then the other thing, too, is, you know, you go back to last year's game. That was such a, a monumental moment, and you had so many great games down the stretch. I don't want you to talk, you know, you don't need to spend a lot of time on last year, but that seemed like kind of a moment where, I mean, it was like, yeah, no, what we're doing here is very real. It's it's very tangible. And winning that game, I think, really just kind of established your culture and what you've developed here at Utah State. Well, I was like, uh, first of all, you know, I'm a history major, so I was like, where, are you, where you were, where you are, and where you're going. And, and there's a lot of history between Nevada and yes. Utah State. And um, two heavyweight, you know, battles going on. And certainly at that time, they were – uh, the undisputed champion, so to speak, and 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 um, we held our own and some. Yeah. You know, just had an incredible competitive spirit. Um, certainly that night, but um, but throughout the the thing, and you know, just we we tell our guys, and I know it's a cliche, and we're talking about heavyweight fights, and we use a lot of boxing analogies, but it's not how many punches you can throw; it's how many you can take and keep on going. And uh, I think that's pretty prevalent for us right now. And it certainly was at that time. And, and, uh, and so that comes from not only physical strength, but it comes from mental strength. And it's got to be a combination of both of those to be able to be your best uh, and to help others out as well. And it's amazing how sometimes when you get out of your own um, shell, so to speak, and start trying to help others, how it uplifts you. Yeah. And it makes you a better you know, person or player, and and not to get too heavy here. We're talking about Nevada, and, and um, but but I think that's what that game was like. You know, we we fouled out our starting five man and Nimi, our starting four man and Quinn both fouled out, and we finished that game with Dwayne Brown and Justin Bean as our fours and our fives. It's true. You know, and and Abel Abel Porter also fouled out that game, if I'm not mistaken, and so we had Sam D and Brock, you know, finishing that game up. Um, down the stretch so um, you expect another heavyweight fight it seems like every time these teams get together um, you just throw it's one of those rivalry things where you throw everything out the window and you just go play uh, I want to circle back uh, to foul trouble and I meant to talk about this on the post game but uh, Nimi struggling with fouls in back-to-back games is that a level of just kind of getting conditioning back up to where it needs to be and or or, or is it uh, being picked on a little bit you don't have to comment on officiating or Oh no! I, I honestly like. I mean, we had in that game we had two Final Four refs. Yeah. Um, we can, but I, I thought it was a well officiated game. Uh, there was nothing with that. Um, you know, Nimi. I think I think when you foul, and we talked about this a little bit with Justin Bean a few weeks ago, when he had three fouls in the first half with BYU and St. Mary's. When you foul, a lot of times you're out of position, or you're you're um, not working as hard as you need to. Right, you're out of stance. Yeah. Maybe you're standing straight up and down. We, we had I'd say four fouls because we just were out of we weren't in stance. You know, Fonz had a foul in the post. Abel had a foul, uh, chasing out a flare screen because he wasn't in stance. Trev, um, Trevin had one. Trevin had one. Just uh, and that was a senseless one. That and then the other way you get fouls is frustration. Yeah. Right. And when he gets fouls, usually 
No, I shouldn't say usually, but it's it's usually Diogo's in the right position. Usually Diogo's in stance. His fouls come out of frustration, right? You maybe you miss a shot, and oh, I'm going to show you. You know what I mean? And then boom, you foul. Or uh, Trevin's just learning still how to play, and he's trying to be a bully, and then he just does one of those, and and now it's two points, yeah. right, where you're not needed to, and and so. Um, so it's a little bit of all that. I thought it was a great – I thought the game was officiated very well. Um, but you got to get your work done early when you play basketball if you're going to be good, yeah. right, whether it's positioning, um, jumping to the ball. You always got to get your work done early. And when you do that, it's amazing how good um, things usually tend to be for you. Probably uh, don't listen to the uh, replay on the radio broadcast because I may not have had the <laughs> same opinion on the officiating. Well, it gets emotional. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously there was a few that – you know, you're not real happy with either. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's easy to see when you're watching yeah. on a film, like, oh, that we're, there, there's a reason those guys are in the Final Four yeah. pretty consistently, you know. But you can't, you know, and, and we got to tighten this part up too. Like, we're, we're wishing and hoping at times right now and kind of looking over there like, what, what, like, what? And it's like, how about just worry about the next play? Yeah. Or or do your job better before that gets there. And they're going to screw some up. Those guys, that's a tough job. Yeah. It's not a job I'd want very bad. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, high-level players. They're going fast. They're up and down. And it happens. Bam, bam. Bam. I mean, it is quick, you know. And so, uh, at the same time, they're paid well to do a good job, too. So, it is their job. But, um, but we got to control our controllables. Right, and and that's one thing we can't control, um, and so we gotta we gotta worry about what we can control. Take our final break, wrap things up. Uh, a last look at Nevada and coaches' keys to the game against the Wolfpack. We'll get to those next on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. final segment of the show as Utah State will play its only regular season game against Nevada. You will not be at Nevada this year on the 18-game schedule. Um, I, I meant to ask you this, just kind of uh, out of left field a little bit. Would you prefer a 20-game conference schedule or are you like it at 18? Or do you not even care one way or another? I mean, I try to control what we can control and not live in the, you know, but it, there's a lot of positives to playing 20 games. Um, you get to play everyone twice. Obviously, there's a natural champion because you you get the two games, uh, one at home, one there. We're ha- we have a very difficult time scheduling. Yeah, that's my- so that's another home game for us, and two more games. At the same time, I do like when you can play all of your league games after Christmas. Um, there's just something about that that I think is really good, and um, so I go a little bit back and forth. But I would tend to agree to. Um, to play the twenty, to play the twenty games, and and get everyone, you know, get to play everybody twice, and I think that way too, you don't lose out on the natural rivalry thing, yeah. where you're playing the, those two games like that. And then uh, finally, keys to the game. What do you need to do against Nevada? Well, they're a very good offensive team, like we were talking about. You know, um, they they all three of those guards that we talked about have scored over thirty in a game this year. Um, Jazz Johnson against Boise, their last game out. They play San Jose tonight. Um, But last game out, Johnson at 34, making eight threes. So, obviously, all three of those guys can get it cooking. Um, They shoot 38.6% from the three, which is 15th in the country, um, making 
almost 10 a game, 9.8 um, per game. They really, really share it, 15 assists a game as well. And they're sound defensively, so teams shoot 39% from them. So um, they have a lot of guys that I think, you know, a lot of people maybe – I feel like they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Like once they lost all of the, you know, Caroline and the Martin brothers and all the hype that those guys earned, and they, and they did. They're very good players, right? And they're on NBA rosters, you know, for a reason. But I think these guys have a chip on their shoulder and feel like they have something to prove because, you know, maybe they didn't get all those kind of reps as a team that um, last year because for the most part they played six to seven guys last year. Yeah. Well, that, uh, Coach, good luck. Uh, looking forward to seeing things on Saturday. And remember, tickets available. Go to Utah State Aggies. Need that Spectrum rocking coming up on Saturday. Yeah, we have a great home court and um, no rest for the weary. And, and um, we come out. We got to come out with a great competitive spirit on Saturday night. And it starts with practice tomorrow. Boss man Jerry Bobie's here. Said almost a sellout, too. So you got to get your tickets right now. Go to utahstateaggies.com. That's straight from the uh, straight from the guy right there, so he'd know. So if you want to get to this game, get to the website, utahstateaggies.com. Get those tickets because uh, that sucker's probably going to be a sellout coming up on Saturday. Big thanks to Diogo Brito, who hung out with us. Also, big thanks to uh, Ajay Salveson for keeping us on the air. Uh, I'm Scott Gerard alongside the coach, Craig Smith. Back with you next week for another edition of Aggie Basketball from Learfield IMG College. Go Aggies! This has been the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Craig Smith, brought to you by Ford. Go further. H&R Block. Block has your back. New York Life. Be good at life. And by Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom. Cash Valley's Pizza and Craft Beer Authority. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Aggie Sports Network.